You're listening to Selfish the Podcast. This is the place where we make much ado about you. I'm your host, Allie Martin. Thanks for joining me. Colleen Elridge speak at a conference and was immediately impressed with her wisdom and guidance. Recently, I began following her on social media and I witnessed the power she has at being an encouragement for women to love and take care of themselves. Nicknamed Coach Colleen, she has made it her mission to help ordinary people live extraordinary lives through focused coaching, workshops, and unique programming. Plus, She's had lunch with Oprah. She's going to give us the scoop on that. I can't wait for you to hear her story. Thanks so much for talking with me today, Colleen. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Super pumped about it. So first, tell us about yourself and how you became Coach Colleen. (laughs) So I always think it's really funny when I think about being known as Coach Colleen now because it's like people sometimes will stop me in the grocery store and be like, are you coach Colleen? So I still think of myself as Colleen, but really my journey to coaching happened with my background in HR and I got certified to be a mediator and I was like really learning how to solve conflict within organizations to create these win-win solutions for people. And so that turned into people asking me to help them with how they can get to the next level in their careers, and how can I as a manager become a better leader. So I started building on these skill sets, and then the next thing you know, it just kind of grew into something that I never expected it to be. But it's been such a fun and amazing ride. But I've always had this belief that people are capable of doing and being far more than what they imagine themselves to be. So um I think the biggest irony of my life is I've always said that I've, this is what I've wanted to do. You know, when I was five, my mom's best friend asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I said, I want to be the next Oprah. Oh. So I guess it just kind of, I talked it into existence. <laughs> and um, this is kind of like my Oprah, you know, I, I want to empower people to live their best lives. And so I feel very blessed that I get to do that every single day. That's really cool. Yeah. So the motto that you live by or and you share through your coaching program is be more. Mm -hmm. So tell us about where that came from and, and what you mean by that. Yeah. So I think so many times people feel like they need to do more things in order to be happy. And I think what what people really need to focus on is how can I become more of myself? So I think it's maybe a little crazy that I believe that you can be more than any circumstance than what life hands you at any given moment. Um, and I've kind of lived my life that way. My, I don't know how much you know about me, but I was, um, raised by a single mother and my father passed away when I was younger. And so the statistics for my life, were not that pleasant. Like I remember as a very young girl seeing statistics for young black girls that were raised by single mothers. 
And it said things like you, like I wasn't supposed to graduate high school mm-hmm. and that I had a better shot of being um, a mother at 16 than getting a college degree and that I should be on drugs. And so I remember like hearing these messages that were talking about me, but knowing that that wasn't me. Like I knew that that wasn't the route that I was supposed to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this idea of like being more than a statistic really was one of the guiding principles for my life. Now, the problem was there were moments in my life that I kind of wanted to prove everyone wrong to, to my own detriment, you know, like my own health suffered because I was like working really hard to prove that I was worthy of something, but it comes back to really this innate worthiness. Like I'm worthy because I'm Colleen, not because I have to prove anything to anyone else. So I truly want people to have this sense of, I don't need anything else. I don't need to buy that car or have the fancy shoes. I just need to be more of me and that will be plenty. Very cool. What is your philosophy when it comes to self-love? I say all day, every day, love yourself, right? Like, it's so interesting for me because when when, when clients come to me, that is like one of the first things that I can instantly see is this block of self-love. And it does tie back to these ideas of worthiness. And at some point in, in all of our lives, we have felt like we're not worthy of love or we're not worthy of success or we're not worthy of anything that we strive for. Um, But for me, I think one of the most important lessons that I learned several years ago when I first started doing yoga was a yoga teacher said to me, the most important thing in your life is your life. And that was like, such a, like, I literally just got chills. Mm-hmm. Like anytime I say that, I'm just like, ah, oh, it's so true because without you, like what else is there? Right. And so self-love for me is like recognizing that you are literally the most important thing and person in your life and you can't give to anyone else fully if you're not giving to yourself fully first. Um, And so I loved when you reached out to me and I love the whole premise of your podcast because this idea of it being selfish, I think is such a stigma that I love that you're trying to dismantle, but I also love being a part of dismantling that as well. Well, and it's such a simple concept just to think like your life is what matters, but it really, I think sometimes we just try to overcomplicate things. So it's just getting back to the, the root of everything. Well, yeah. And, and like, you know, so especially for women, like we are taught at a very young age to be, to be a good woman, you really have to be the type of person that bends over for everyone else. Like this idea of self-sacrifice in order to make everyone else happy. But I really think what makes everyone else happy is you being fully happy and then inspiring them to do the same, right? Like, I think we take for granted our ability to teach other people how to live their best lives by living our own best lives. I agree. So you recently led a 2018 vision challenge, which I participated Mm -hmm. in and loved. And so it was, you encouraged your followers to start the year off, right? Yeah. 
Um, you had an exercise in there, and it was about naming your board of directors. So talk to us about what that is and why that's an important thing to do. Yes, yeah, so it's so funny. That is probably everyone's favorite day. Every time I do that challenge, people really, really love it because I think it gives them this opportunity to think about inspiration and mentors in a very different way. Um, so I've called this several things before. One of my other wordings for it is like your kitchen cabinet. Cause I like the idea of like, who are these people that would sit around your kitchen table to inspire you? Mm-hmm. Um, but so many times we don't have people in our lives that we can lean on for support. And I know when I first started my business, I was driving every person in my life crazy talking about business, right? Because they don't know business. They didn't start a business. They didn't want to spend all of our time talking about business. And I think that this idea of like creating this board of directors really helps you recognize that you know a lot more than what you think you know, but also you can pull the inspiration from other people who are doing and living lives that you are inspired by. So the whole premise is basically you select four to five people that you um, admire or you um, find inspirational. And you then say, like, this is this person, this is what I admire about them. And then you start to think how you could start to emulate more of that behavior in yourself. So then when you're, when you find yourself in this challenge or in any type of moment of doubt, you can start to ask those questions. Like, you know, on my board of directors, I got some amazing ladies on my, (laughs) I have Oprah, (laughs) I have Beyonce, I got some good folks. So, you know, there are these moments when, um, I I have to ask myself, like, what would Oprah do in this moment? Mm -hmm. And then I can answer it like it's Oprah answering it, even though it's myself answering it. So it's just another way, I think, for you, if you're feeling a sense of doubt to kind of get outside of your head and have this like imaginary conversation with a person that's already doing what you want to do. I think it's cool that you use that perspective, because anytime I've done an exercise like that, I've had to think of people that I already know. And not that I don't know some amazing people, but um, to think about it from a perspective of people you really emulate but maybe have never met before, yeah, it takes a whole nother turn on it. Yeah, and, you know, even on this board of directors, like, and you probably saw in the group and and even on my own, like, I have my mother on mine. So you can draw from people that you know, and that's great. But this idea of this person whose voice you may know, but you've never had any like physical contact with them, but still can offer you such support in these moments, right? And really that support is coming from yourself. And, and I think it's a great way to build up your own confidence to start to trust yourself more. And I do that with this board of directors exercise. I lead clients through exercises sometimes um, if they have to do any type of public speaking and they have fears about that. I have them create an alter ego that's like a, a mixture of these people that might be on their board of directors as well. And then they present as that person versus presenting as themselves. And it's just a way to get you out of your own way. Like just get out of your own way and do what you need to do. Well, speaking of Oprah, 
Yeah, she's you, my girl. <laughs> you teased on Instagram story the other day that you've had lunch with her. And I said, we yeah. have to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> I need yes. the details. Yes. So this is like, um, and I think I sent you a message back that was like, girl, this is like really such a lesson <laughs> in the fact that your dreams can come true in very unexpected ways and not how you initially imagine them to come true. So literally my entire life, Oprah has been like number one, the person that I admire most. And anytime someone's like, if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? I'm Oprah. Like I'm like a broken record, right? At least I'm consistent in that. Mm -hmm. Oprah Mm -hmm. (laughs) is like on my list. So, um, a few years ago, I, I was always like checking her website to see if I would ever meet the criteria to be a guest on the show. Like that's how serious it was. Um, but one day I was reading it and they said that they were looking for men raised by single mothers. So I instantly send it to my brother and I'm like, listen, like they're looking for men raised by single mothers. My brother is one of the most phenomenal people that you will ever meet. Like he's incredible. And I thought he would be such a good example of like a positive outcome Mm -hmm. of a man raised by a single mother. So I'm like, you got to write in. So he writes in and a couple days later, um, a producer emails him back and says, we'd like to invite you and your mother to be a guest in the audience. It's going to be an audience full of men and women, men raised by single mothers and their mothers. Mm-hmm. So my brother's like, well, they want mom and I to come. And of course, cause like, I was like, well, shit, <laughs> like <laughs> this is not how this is supposed to happen. Like I'm supposed to mm-hmm. be there. How mm-hmm. is this my mom and my brother? So, um, they make plans to go on Christmas day. Um, my brother gives me this, book that's a book about Oprah and in it he had written a note that said this is your dream and he included this email that he had sent to the producer that basically was like this is my sister's dream I don't feel right doing this without her like it makes me weepy still to this day because he's such an amazing brother and somehow convinced this producer to let his sister come too right So my mom, my brother and I go to Chicago, we do, they tape three episodes and in between the second and third episode, they moved us to like the fourth row. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. And then because we had been there so long, they bring out these bagged lunches and I'm like, oh, well, this is awfully nice. Mm -hmm. Well, we're eating this lunch in between tapings and Oprah comes out and she's eating this apple. And she's like, I just wanted to come out and like chat with you all and see if anyone had any questions. Thank you so much for your patience. And I like had this moment and I looked at my brother and he was like, are you okay? And I had this sandwich in my hand and I said, I'm eating lunch with Oprah. Yes. And he was yes. like, what? And I was like, like, I'm eating. She's eating. This I'm is literally having lunch with Oprah. Yes. And I was like, this is my dream come true. Like, literally, my dream has come true. Oh. And my brother was just like, I love that you are able to see that in this moment. And I was like, <laughs> no, but this is, I mean, like, if I can't see it now, how could I ever see it? You know, like, this is exactly what this is. So that's how I had lunch with Oprah. And it was amazing. And she was wonderful and amazing. And like a boss, like 
I think that that was the thing that I was most impressed by is that she's not just a talk show host. Like she is like a boss. She runs a company. <laughs> and I think people forget that sometimes. So I, I was just, it was amazing. It was awesome. I just had this one of the feeling, best days of my life. <laughs> I just feel like one day you're going to be telling this story to Oprah and you're going to be like, do you remember? Girl, when? it's totally going to happen. You're, you're going to be like, able to tell this to her. Yeah. Mind. And it's crazy because I truly believe that like I will have a dinner or like a sit down talk with her. And I like my gut believes that 100% that it will happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And within like the last year, like I met, Glennon Doyle and oh. Gretchen Rubin and both of them were like at Oprah's house yes. for an event and so I feel like my circle is getting closer and closer to Oprah and I know that that sounds like a little wacky but yeah. I'm like it's gonna happen it's totally gonna happen and so and now I can count you in my circle so I feel yeah. like I'm even closer now too that's we're right we're working that's our right. way there Yes, Come on, you Colleen. Are so welcome. <laughs> we can do this. I yes. need you to keep it going. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, it was the best day of my life. Like literally, the best day of my life. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So, when you're working with clients and you're working with them to achieve their goals. What's the key that you you feel like is to getting people to change their mentality or the way that they've previously been thinking? Mm -hmm. So what I have found is the most important key is allowing them the permission to see themselves differently. So I do a lot of visualization with my clients sometimes because I truly believe that once you can see yourself differently, even if you're not physically that different person, then you really become hungry for it because then you see it like you see yourself as if you were already that person. Um, and I tell that to my clients a lot. I'll, I will say act as if like if you were already where you wanted to be what decision would you make, right? Like don't make the decision from where you're currently at, make the decision from where you want to be. So allowing them the permission to see themselves differently from who they currently are is oftentimes the biggest, first, scariest step for people because we have so many beliefs about ourselves that limit us from reaching the potential or reaching that next step. So really getting clear on who is it that I want to be? And then being so visual about who that person is that you can like see it as it's already here. That's the, the best first step. Hmm. And I think so many of us, you know, we, you dream about it, but then when you actually put a visual, you know, a vision to it, that's when it becomes like something you, you feel like you can actually grasp and yeah. achieve. Yeah. And then, and then it becomes obtainable because it's almost like, um, oh, that's that right. Versus that's me. Mm. And so once you are so clear about it and you know, like, this is how this person behaves, you can, I mean, literally it starts with making one decision differently. One decision can be that ripple effect that can change the entire course of your life. So I know you coach women and you, you do that day to day, but mm -hmm. you have to maintain your own routine. So 
how do you balance your everyday life? So sometimes not very well. Like (laughs) this is literally, you know, they always say you teach what you need the most. Right. And so, um, I, I work on it too. Like I, I, this is something that I teach because I also need to work on it. So I, for me, the key has been starting to become even more intentional with my time and with my energy. But instead of specifically focusing on time, really, really honing in on my own energy and like doing energy audits on when is my energy the highest that I can devote time to this? And when is, Mm. when am I kind of in a lower energy? Um, Because time is finite. Energy is also finite, but we don't pay as much attention to our energy as we do time. And we think, Oh, I don't have time for that. When really it's all about how much energy you have to devote to something you know how sometimes you can like get something done really fast and you're like, Ooh, I thought that would take forever. Well, you got it done fast because you had the energy to do it. Right. Right. So focusing more on like being very aware of my own energy, um, has been key for lots of it. I mean, again, I work on it daily, but really honing in on my own energy is, it's a game changer. So we talked a little bit earlier about the misconceptions of being selfish. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about, you know, why focusing on yourself is not a bad thing. Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned earlier, like the thing that my yoga teacher told me was the most important thing in your life is your life. And so that to me started me on this path of thinking about self-care very differently But I have also come to this conclusion and I don't know if anyone else has ever said this on your show. And some people think that it's kind of a not nice way of saying things, but I think it's really selfish not to take care of yourself because that means that you think that you are so important that everything will stop if you're not involved. Mm, But it also means, right? Like, Really? I mean, for me, it's like, it means that you also think that you, that like your husband or your wife or your partner or whatever is incapable of doing anything Mm -hmm. without you or, and it's almost like you're denying other people the opportunity to step into their own power. And so for me, this idea of taking care of myself and that changed, that shifted my perspective. Mm -hmm. When I heard that quote, it really started to shift my perspective on this idea of it's not just about me, but self-care allows me to focus on myself. But it also allows me to empower other people to do the things that they need to do as well. That's really cool. I like that perspective. Yeah. I mean, and then I'm like, well, I don't want to be selfish, you know, like I don't want to be selfish and think that like, I know everything Mm -hmm. because my fiance knows lots of things too. So why should I be the person that has to make all the decisions? He can totally do that as well. Mm -hmm. And the world will not end if he makes one poor decision, you know, (laughs) like we can fix it. (laughs) So, so what's your favorite ways to be selfish? 
Um, movies. I mean, <laughs> I love going to movies so much. Um, have, have you heard of Movie Pass? Yes, yes. You, okay. It's like just a, it's like a Netflix fee, but you can go to the movie theater, right? You can go to the movie theater and Movie Pass. Like, I feel like I should own stock in it because I tell so many people oh. about it because I love it. So it's like, really as good as it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was super skeptical. I was like, this is not going to work, but it totally works. It's $10 a month and you can go see up to one movie a day. Um, and at participating theaters, but all of the theaters <laughs> where I live are a part of it. So it's like the best thing ever. My favorite thing to do is to go to the movies like in the morning And oftentimes I'm the only person there watching that movie. And so it's like my own private, like it really, I'm really big on like up leveling things in your life um, in order to like reach the energy that you want to be living in. And so like when I go to these movies by myself and I'm the only person in the theater, it's like my own private theater. Like, how cool is that? Right. It's like, welcome to my private theater. Please enjoy yourself. (laughs) So, so movies is like one of my favorite ways. Um, I love reading. I love taking naps and I love doing yoga and really like eating good food is like another way that I'm, I'm super selfish because I'm willing to invest good money and really good ice cream. Like that is my Mm. weakness. And so I'm okay with paying an obscene amount of money for really good ice cream because it makes me happy. And that's, what's important (laughs) to me. That's right. Um, but movie pass needs to make you like an ambassador or something. Totally. I'm like, sign me up. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is there anything you wish you could be doing more of? So many things. Oh my goodness. Like, I always, I always have a list of things that I wish that I was doing more of, you know, it's like, I wish that I was traveling more. Um, one of my big goals this year is to plan an international retreat for women. And so Mm. hopefully that will help with my travel bug itch. Um, you know, I wish that I could see some of my friends more when, when you run a business, it can sometimes feel a little lonely. And, and because, uh, have to meet clients at odd hours. Sometimes it's hard for me to like meet up with my friends. Um, I mean, I wish I was doing more speaking gigs and I wish I was doing more social media stuff. Like there's so many things, but I think for me, the key is um, focusing on being so thankful for what I'm already doing and, and allowing myself some grace to know that I'm literally doing the best that I can. And that's Mm -hmm. plenty. What's next for Colleen? I'm going to focus on the relaunch of my um, year-long women's leadership program called Empower Her. Mm. And I love this program so much because, um, you know, my background is in HR and I would, would see all of these leadership development programs that were built from a very masculine model And so it was almost like the way to be a leader was to be a man. Well, all of the research is showing um, with the changing demographics of workplaces that so many of the traits that people are looking for in leaders are are what are considered more feminine traits. So what I really want to do and what Empower does is it really allows women 
to strengthen their skills as leaders in a very feminine way. And I always say, like, I'm not a man and I don't want to act like a man. Like, I want to act like Colleen, but Mm -hmm. the best leader of Colleen possible. And I think that so many women feel like they have to become someone that they're not in order to be a leader within their organizations. So this year-long program is so much fun for me because we talk about things like negotiation skills. We talk about, which is huge for women, like pay Mm -hmm. equity. Sure in America is crazy. And so I want to give women these skills to negotiate better salaries for themselves. Um, We talk about things like how can you communicate effectively? I did this survey of women and asked them, what's one thing that you wish that you did better in your professional life? And the most common answer was, I want to communicate without sounding like a bitch. Yes. Men don't think about that, right? And so I'm like, why are you even worried about that? So I want women to learn to communicate authentically and be able to own how they feel and how they communicate without doubting themselves. So part of the program is like two parts of communication skills. Um, So it's a really comprehensive program of things that they don't teach you in traditional leadership development programs. And I love it. Like it's so much fun for me to teach. And we bring in women that are already like established leaders and they offer advice and it's, I call it a pick your brain session. So like, what would you want to ask a woman that's already in this leadership position? What advice would she give? So I love it. It's so much fun. And I'm really excited about relaunching that. Um, I feel like that's a, more whole, time. that's a whole nother conversation that we could have oh, because yeah, I mean, that's yeah. so fascinating and, and so needed. So thank you for yes. offering that and, um, providing that, um, space for women to, to learn and grow. It really is just so important to me because, um, working in HR, I just saw so many things and thought if a woman was running this organization or if a woman was running this department, that would have never happened. And really, I I don't just say this like hesitantly. I say it because the data is there to support that that when women are in positions of leadership, organizations perform better. Like there's a bigger return on investment. So it's smart business for companies and organizations to start nurturing and growing women into being leaders within their organizations. And I just feel very lucky that I get to be a small part of that. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Colleen. I'm so I'm so excited that we got a chance to talk and I'm so glad that we've started this dialogue and I have a feeling that we'll be having many more conversations to come. Yes, please. Let's do it. Please. You've been listening to Selfish. You can find show notes on selfishthepodcast.com. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend about Selfish and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.